This episode is sponsored by WordFinder. Find the right terminology faster and easier with WordFinder on your computer, via web browser, smartphone, or tablet. Get access to over 120 dictionaries in 15 languages and many different subject areas. Read more at wordfinder.com. And pros.com. Become a member, clarify your areas of expertise, and benefit over time from an ongoing flow of potential clients. Find out more about this portal at pros.com. Hello and welcome to the 94th episode of Marketing Tips for Translators, the podcast with business tips for freelance linguists. I'm so glad you're taking the opportunity today to learn more from other people in the business. Many of us work with translation companies to some degree and deal with a lot of project managers. In this episode, we're going to discuss what project managers really think and how to resolve conflicts with them. With me, I have a French to English translator and former project manager from Texas who has a fascinating hobby, actually. She's collecting turtles and she has also performed at Carnegie Hall. Please welcome Andy Ho to the podcast. Hi, Tess. Great to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. So, uh, collecting turtles, are, are these live turtles? No, um, I have had pet turtles in the past, but I just have a fondness for turtles, and I've been collecting them for, oh gosh, as long as I can remember, since I was a kid. Okay. So, are these, come? They, they come in all sorts of shapes and forms, like yes, porcelain turtles? Stuffed turtles? Everything. Or? Well, let's see. From where I'm sitting in my office right now, I have a turtle pencil sharpener. I have a stuffed turtle. I have several ceramic turtles. Uh, I have okay. a turtle envelope opener, and I could go on and on. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Uh, what about Carnegie Hall? You just mentioned it. What did you perform there? Uh, that, I played the violin in Carnegie Hall. My high school orchestra auditioned. And we were one of three orchestras accepted to play in Carnegie Hall. So my long-suffering orchestra teacher hauled 50 high schoolers all the way to New York City from small-town Kansas, and we performed in Carnegie Hall. Wow. That must have been exciting. It was. It was fantastic. So do you still play violin? I do. I play in my local orchestra. Okay. Good. Good. I would love to hear it sometime. So, but let's uh, tell us and the listeners a little bit more about yourself first and your career in translation. Well, I received my master's in translation in 2006 from Kent State University, very famous mm-hmm. translation program. And my first job out of graduate school was to be a project manager. And this was at a small-ish, I call it a boutique agency in New York City. I was okay. there three or four years and then they merged with another company in Boulder, Colorado. So mm-hmm. then I moved out there to help with the merger and mm-hmm. uh, I was there for a little while and then I eventually moved into what I had always wanted to do which was freelance translation. So I am now a full-time freelance translator. So how long were you a project manager? For five years. Okay, and now how long have you been a freelance translator? Uh, About five years, actually, so half and half. Okay, okay, and not looking back. Not looking back, always looking forward. (laughs) 
Okay. So you can probably tell us a lot of secrets about project managers then. I can. I have all the secrets. Good. And I know you gave a very well-received presentation at the Colorado Translators Association's annual conference recently about what goes on inside the mind of a project manager. So since you have worked both as a project manager and a freelance translator, you have a lot of insights from both angles, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Sometimes, I mean, we, we, I work with a lot of project managers and sometimes the, it's, it's, it's a joy and the cooperation goes very smoothly and sometimes it doesn't. So what is important to think of then in, in our communication and dealings with a project manager? Well, I think there are two main things to think about. One is to remember that translation is actually a small part of the entire project. So mm-hmm. from the agency's point of view, obviously you have translation. That's usually the biggest mm-hmm. portion. But there's also proofreading or sometimes editing and proofreading. And there can be a DTP, desktop publishing, um, component as well. And that's mm-hmm. only within the translation agency. Now, if mm-hmm. we pull back further and look at it from the end client's point of view, there are things like communications departments, maybe CEOs are involved approving this or that. There are in-country reviewers. There's printing, publishing. So translation, you know, from the translator's point of view, is the bulk of the work, the the entire, Mm -hmm. we think it's the entire point of the project. But in fact, it's usually just a small component of a a bigger project. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's important when working with project managers is to give, provide clear communication. I think we forget sometimes that there's a human being on the other end of the, the computer screen and somebody who is handling maybe dozens of projects at a time, they're receiving mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of emails a day. So when you communicate with your project manager, it needs to be to the point, um, answer all questions that the project manager may have, and offer solutions if possible. Okay. So what can you give examples of offering solutions? Uh, Well, if there is some piece of information, for instance, that you need from the end client to be able to do your translation, say, you know, so one example I gave in in my presentation was perhaps you're translating a PowerPoint presentation. And maybe Mm -hmm. for your language, you need to know if the speaker is going to be male or female. Mm-hmm. In that case, when you bring that problem to the project manager, say, for instance, if it's male, this is what the title needs to be. If it's female, this is what the title needs to be. Something like that. Okay. Okay. So clear communication. Does that happen a lot? Does what happen a lot? Clear communication from uh, the translator. Not, not as often <laughs> as it should, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think on both ends, from the project manager to the translator and vice versa, people tend not to be as clear in emails as they think they are. So mm-hmm. it's, it's important to double-check, reread your email, and not assume that the project manager knows what you're talking about. And if there's mm-hmm. any doubt, just pick up the phone. I know a lot of translators, myself included, we hate talking on the phone, but it really, you know, it's a good investment of your time. One minute on mm-hmm. the phone can be worth more than two days of emailing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I know... Um, 
that the, the communication cannot be very clear sometimes. Sometimes I get emails from project managers and they send a, a, a project package or something and say, can you translate this by this time? And I don't know how many words it is. I don't know what the subject is. I don't know any of that until I open the package. Or sometimes they, they don't even include the package or the text or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's definitely a problem on the project, project manager's end as well. They suffer from the same problem as translators, I think. They forget that mm -hmm. the person on the other end is not living in the same world that they are. So yeah. uh, I, I, there may be a presentation in the works for future conferences about what project managers need to remember in order to have a proper relationship with their translators. So stay mm -hmm. tuned for that. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, so what, what if we run into problems when we work on a project? Um, what are your tips as a project manager to do then? Well, if you run into some sort of problem, the first thing you want to do is alert the project manager. I mean, it depends mm -hmm. what the problem is. If it's just a small question, wait until you have several questions and then group them all and send them to the project manager. Uh, if it's a major problem, for instance, you're missing files, instructions are not clear, uh, you're going to deliver late, for instance, those sorts of things you want to let the project manager know ASAP. What mm -hmm. that does is it allows the project manager to get you those things as, as quickly as possible because usually mm -hmm. it will take time. They have to go back to the client, the client has to find yes. what you need, etc. And also, especially if the project's going to be late, for instance, this gives the project manager a chance to push back all the other steps in the project. Again, translation is rarely the only thing that's going on. So this mm -hmm. lets the project manager you know, reschedule the proofreader or tell the client, look, something happened, it's going to be late, then the client can push back any project steps on their end as well. If you don't let people know till the very end and it, it's a surprise at the last minute, that there's a problem, um, that's that's very bad for your uh, professional reputation. Yes. Now, when when project managers set the t deadlines to the clients, do they do they have a buffer? Because I know sometimes you can negotiate the deadline. Good okay. agencies will. There okay. are agencies out there, and I try not to work with them. They say yes to anything that the client mm -hmm. asks. And the client doesn't mm -hmm. know necessarily that what they're asking is ridiculous. But mm -hmm. if the agency wants the contract, they might just say yes and then do whatever has to be done to deliver on time, even if that means mm -hmm. delivering a poor translation. Mm -hmm. A good agency will temper the client's expectations and say, look, for a proper translation, it's going to take this, this amount of time instead. And if they can, they will build in some buffer for you um, in case something goes wrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about um, the technical or mechanical stuff that we deal with? Um, the, the file types and the, the, the project management um, softwares and so forth. What should we think about then? Uh, the agency I worked for actually did not use a CAT tool, so I did not see too much of it from the project management side. Um, I would say it's just important to be familiar, obviously, with your CAT tool. It's up to you to learn it. 
it's not up to the project manager to teach you how to use it, you know, because mm-hmm. if a plumber comes mm-hmm. to my house and doesn't know how to use a wrench, I don't <laughs> him or her how to use the wrench. That's, that's their mm-hmm. responsibility. Mm-hmm. The other thing is there are agencies that have proprietary CAT tools, and in those instances, it is the agency's responsibility to teach you or provide you a tutorial on how to use their CAT tool. And one thing I would say is in those cases, if you are having problems with that tool and you report those problems to the project manager, again, communication. Give them as much information as you can to help them help you resolve the problem. Send Mm -hmm. them screenshots of problems you're encountering, uh, copy down error messages that you're receiving, things like that. So they have as detailed a, you know, picture as possible of what's happening on your end. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you paint a picture of a difficult translator? Oh, a difficult translator. <laughs> yes, I really, really can. Um, the most difficult translators are what I'll call the divas. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing with translation is it, it is very artistic process more so than most people realize and so it does tend to attract some artistic types and we take pride in our work and that's great but ultimately Mm -hmm. most of us are in a capitalistic system here we're doing this for money it's a business Mm -hmm. just like coca-cola or you know the snow cone cart down the street we don't Mm -hmm. do this just for fun Um, Mm -hmm. so we have to remember that we that you know you're in it you have to provide customer service and if somebody doesn't like your product it's not a personal attack on you maybe you do mm-hmm. need to change the way you translate or something but it's not personal so mm-hmm. I, I i think the worst translators take things very personally and it's usually mm-hmm. not it very rarely is mhm and perhaps they don't rep- respond to your emails at yes. all <laughs> Yeah, there are, I have had translators who don't respond to emails. Um, I think the the biggest confusion happens is when a project manager sends a project to a translator and then mm-hmm. never hears back. So they assume mm-hmm. the translator is not working on it. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, they get the translation and the translator expects payment. Well, mm-hmm. the project manager never said go because, yes. you know, you're on vacation and forgot to put up a message. They don't know. Yes. So always ask. I always ask for confirmation, either in a purchase order or in an email. Right. So, um, okay. So can you paint a picture of, a, of your ideal translator to work with? The ideal translator obviously knows their stuff, knows Mm -hmm. the subject matter, and is a good translator. That's the base expectation. But Mm -hmm. a really good translator, I think, is easy to work with. They make me want to come back to them. Mm -hmm. It's pretty similar to a restaurant, say. No matter Mm -hmm. how good the food is, if you get poor service, if the restaurant is dirty, if the servers are rude, you're not likely to go back. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, the expectation is that the food will be good, of course, but if the service is fantastic and they always remember my name and ask me how my day is going and how my kids are, you know, that even if the food is mediocre, I'm likely mm-hmm. to come back in that case. And the same is true mm-hmm. for translation. Mm-hmm. So should I ask how, how, how their 
how your kids are doing. I don't actually <laughs> have kids. That was just <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, but yes. What else? What if uh, we end up with a conflict? What do? How? How can we resolve it? Well, if there is a conflict, again, I mean, the restaurant analogy is pretty apt. Work calmly with the project manager to find out what is really at issue and see what they need to resolve it. It's not a personal attack. You know, project managers and end clients don't make up mistakes to point out to you. You know, that mm-hmm. eats up their time for no reason. So mm-hmm. work with them to find out what it is that they think is wrong. Evaluate mm-hmm. whether it's wrong. Um, if it is, change it. Even if it's not, you know, explain why it's not or change it to something that you can both agree on, something like that. I think the important thing is to work hand-in-hand with your project manager and with their end client to find a solution that everybody can agree on. Now, how much edits um, are expected to be sort of included in the price, and when can a translator ask for extra pay if if the edits well, are I mean a translator can do whatever they want <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's really up to each translator to set their own personal policy my mm-hmm. personal policy is one round of edits I, I've never mm-hmm. stated that anywhere explicitly I don't have a contract that states that explicitly but that's mm-hmm. kind of a personal benchmark is the client can send back one round of edits and I'll go through it with them um, mm-hmm. More than that, and we need to start discussing, you know, what's going on. Is, mm-hmm. is my translation really that bad? If it is, you know, of course I'll fix it for free. Or is your end client being really nitpicky? Did I misunderstand what this translation is going to be used for? Things like mm. that. That's when we need to start reevaluating. Okay. Well, can you t- tell us about some common misconceptions about project managers? I think the most common misconception is that they're out there to get you, and they're really not. Um, And actually, project managers are just as wary of translators who are out to get them, which, you know, as translators, we think that's ridiculous. Of course not. We're good people. But Uh project managers are too, you know. Uh, We both have a vested interest in watching out for ourselves, you know, the project manager is being pressured by companies to, you know, maybe maybe do it cheaper and faster. Not always, but, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. But the translator also has a vested interest in, you know, inflating word counts, perhaps, which is dishonest, things like that. So there are really, it's a two-way street. It's um, Translators have the ability to get, quote-unquote, project managers as much as the other way around. But by and large, it's not the case. Okay, okay. So we're not out to get each other then. No, we're not. No. Um, anything else that you mentioned in your presentation that I haven't taken up today? I I missed the presentation, and I know it I was a really good one. Uh, the really biggest takeaway was just communication in various forms. You know, make communication mm-hmm. clear, make it frequent although not annoyingly frequent, and make sure that everybody is on the same page. That's the most important thing. Okay, okay. Get everything explained, ask questions, mm-hmm. it's confirm. Because we work primarily through email, and I think we mm-hmm. lose a lot in that medium. 
So it's, it's important to make sure everything is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you don't work as a project manager anymore, I, and you work as a freelance translator. Mm-hmm. Um, has that, ha- being a project manager, has that helped you oh. with your... Immensely. I am so glad that I was a project manager before I became a freelance translator, I have to say. It's really helped me understand what is going on on the other side of things. The translators are typically very limited. They receive very limited information from the project manager, so they don't have a lot of perspective on what's going on. So things Mm -hmm. that the project manager does, that project managers do, seem crazy to them, seem efficient, Mm -hmm. inefficient, things like that. But in fact, there's more to the story than just the translation. So can you give an example of what can seem inefficient to a translator but really isn't for a project manager? Uh, Sometimes translating within a certain file format. Uh, uh, Some clients will put things in Excel. They'll use Excel as a word processing tool, and it's not Uh really built for that. And it's very inconvenient to translators. They hate it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes what's happening is the end client uses that Excel file um, inside of some sort of proprietary software. Like they need to be able to feed it back into some sort of system. And that's why they use that file format. Okay, that's good to know because I I receive a lot of software strings in Excel. Yes, and it would be and and it could be just as easy to get the HTML files or get the the, the string files and plug them directly into a a translation tool. Yep, that's that's what's going on. The end client probably has some sort of system they're working with. And Excel is just the best thing for them. Okay. Okay. Well, now that you are a freelance translator, um, I have a question. I ask all the interviewees, what marketing strategy works really well for you right now in your business? The best thing that I have found so far is to add a personal touch or be personal in some way. Okay. So, for instance, a few years ago, I went to the ATA conference. I want to say it was in San Antonio. And Mm -hmm. at breakfast, I met a project manager. And we Mm -hmm. got to talking. And she Mm -hmm. mentioned some silly typo that a translator had once made on a resume, of all things. Mm -hmm. And it had become an office joke. Or okay. translator. <laughs> so when I got home, I sent her a physical resume, and on the outside of the envelope, I drew a picture that was related to that joke. And okay. it was very, I don't want to say unprofessional, but unexpected. You know, it's not something that you would traditionally do on such a formal communication, but mm-hmm. it definitely piqued her interest. It caught her eye. She remembered me from the ATA conference. And so, you know, I now I have a great working relationship with that agency. Mm-hmm. And I know at the CTA conference you had um, coffee beans covered in chocolate Good. that you gave out with your business card. Mm-hmm. That saved my afternoon sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the goal. So I remember you by that. So a personal touch. 
in your your marketing. What if you can't meet the person? How can you do a personal touch then? Uh, I mean, there are so many media now, email, phone, writing letters. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the, the one agency, I wrote them. I sent them a physical resume. I, I mm -hmm. met them in person, but I ended up giving my personal touch through mail. So there's still yeah. lots of ways to do it. And I, I don't, you know, the, the chocolate-covered coffee beans was fun and memorable, but it doesn't have to be that gimmicky or obvious. I think mm -hmm. just being personal in some way is important. You know, go out, meet people, actually talk to them. I know Taylor <laughs> hate that, I know, but that's the best way, really. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Lots of interesting information here. So thank you, Andy, for these tips. Yeah. Now, I know project managers can seem like a mysterious breed, but I do think it's important to see them also as a as our clients and, and our partners and, and create collaborations with them. And the more we know about the process, the better we can work together. So thank you also for everyone who's been listening. For We will put a link to Andy's website here and also other information in the show notes. So please go to the show notes at marketingtipsfortranslators.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 94. There you can also take the opportunity to click on the iTunes or Stitcher link to leave a short review of the podcast or subscribe for a free marketing-related checklist every month. So thanks again, and have a wonderful week, everyone. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Translators. Download more episodes from www.marketingtipsfortranslators.com. If you like the show, a review on iTunes would be much appreciated.